Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Have a wonderful, blessed day. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Three causes of sleep issues. Um, when, I, when I came up with the name, The Spiritual Laws of Nature, and then uh, Joe Sugarman uh, convinced me to start calling it The Secret Spiritual Laws of Nature because he thought it uh, was a much better name. Uh, the reason, maybe, that I might agree that a lot of these are kind of secret is that they're not what most of the experts teach about these issues that we talk, these spiritual issues that we talk about. In fact, they're often paradoxical, almost the opposite of what the experts teach. And uh, I, think, I think today's is not really an exception to that. Sleep issues are one of the biggest issues on planet Earth. According to Consumer Reports, Citing various studies, 27% of all people have chronic sleep issues, meaning virtually every single night. A whopping 68% of people have regular sleep issues, but not every night. Okay? So we're talking about two-thirds of the people on planet Earth that struggle with these issues and almost a third of the people on planet Earth who it is one of the most dominant things in their whole life that they think about and fret about and stress about virtually every single day and most of them have tried everything and they still have sleep problems. Now, what is the paradoxical part of this? What's the part that maybe is, is not what most of the experts teach. Well, for me, that's, um, that, that the great majority of teaching about sleep is hormonal and environmental. Okay, so, uh, you know, make sure the room that you sleep in is dark. A cool room is better than a warm room. Do it at the same time every night. Try not to go to bed too late. Um, things like that. 
and then your glandular hormonal system, your brain chemistry is off, okay? Your hormones are off, and that's why you're having trouble sleeping, and there are some other things too. The problem I have with that is that virtually all of it is physical. Your environment is physical. You close the drapes, you turn the air down, and hormones and chemistry in the body is physical. Well, Professor William Tiller, a, uh, a dear friend of mine, Professor Emeritus, Stanford University, head of the physics department there for years, and which is a huge deal. Stanford and Harvard go back and forth as to which one is the top university in the United States and, of course, one of the top in the world as well. And Professor Tiller has written, and he told me over uh, breakfast one day, that the unseen is always the parent of the seen in, in physics. The seen is never the parent of the unseen. All right, let me say that a different way in light of what we're talking about today. The non-physical is always the source of the physical. The physical is never the source of the non-physical. It just doesn't work that way. Okay, and, and let me give you an illustration. I, I came up with this um, years ago, and I think it illustrates it pretty well. Let's say that somehow I knew that I was going to have cancer manifest in my body in one year, one year from today. I don't know how I knew it, but God told me, or an angel told me, or a voice from somewhere, I don't know. But somehow I knew. So I made a deal with Vanderbilt Hospital here in Nashville and said, okay, I want you to do a CT scan and an MRI on me every day as part of this experiment I'm doing. And I, I would almost certainly have to pay for that because they would think I was nuts and not want to have anything to do with my theory. So let's say I could pay for that, which would cost a fortune. But let's say I did it anyway just to prove a point. And so, day one, CT scan, MRI, no cancer. Uh, second month, CT scan, MRI, no cancer. Maybe blood work too. Month six, CT scan, MRI, no cancer. Month 11, CT scan, MRI, no cancer. Week 51, CT scan, MRI, no cancer. Week 52, oh, Dr. Lloyd, we need to check this out. Take a look at, see this, see this dark spot on the kind of diagram picture of your body? And I say, yeah. Well, we need to check this out. It may not be anything, but we need to do a biopsy or something because you may have a problem there. Question, where did it come from? We've been checking everything physical every single day, and there's nothing there. And then all of a sudden, week 52, bam, here's something physical. Answer. It had to come from somewhere non-physical. There is no other possibility. And in my experience... I agree with Professor Tiller. The non-physical, or in this case, the spiritual, 
is always the parent of the physical. The physical is never the parent of the spiritual. Okay, so the prevailing theories about sleep, which are almost all physical, I believe are stopping short of a real solution. Okay, now I completely agree with what the experts say in one sense. Yes, there is a problem with brain chemistry. Yes, the hormones are out of whack. Yes, it's probably a good idea to shut your curtains and do all this stuff, okay? But that is not where the problem originated. And, and of course, to me, even before Professor Tiller ever told me that, that told me what he did, I already believed it because about 3,000 years ago, a guy named Solomon, who a lot of people believe is the wisest man who ever lived on planet Earth, said this, guard your heart above everything else for from it flows all of the issues of life. I asked three scholars who spoke fluently in the original language of that Solomon quote and I asked them, okay, what Solomon says here? Would that include cancer? Would that include diabetes? Would that include depression? Would that include relationship problems? Would that include your work and finances and career? And in, what, in light of what we're talking about today, would that include sleep issues? All three of them independently came back to me and said it would include any problem you could name. Solomon is saying the source of it is the spiritual heart, whatever that is. And that was a turning point for me because I was searching for a solution to my wife's depression, which, by the way, included big-time sleep issues, and nothing was helping. She, she tried all the drugs. She tried counseling, therapy, everything, and she was always still severely, clinically, at times suicidally depressed. Well, we started working on her spiritual issues, with the discovery of the healing codes, and in 45 minutes her depression was gone, in three weeks it was gone and never came back again. And that's been over 17 years now. Okay, so all of that is sort of to lay a foundation. Now, let's get to sleep. So what are the spiritual issues that could be underlying sleep problems that could be causing the brain chemistry to be out of whack, messing up your hormones, causing you not to be able to sleep if there's a little, a little bit of light in the room, causing you to not be able to sleep if it's a degree or two warmer, or if there's a noise outside or not, when you should be able to sleep even with all those things, all right? Well, I think there's three big ones. I could probably come up with 20. But I think there's three big ones. Here they are. Number one, guilt. You know the old expression about um, uh, sleeping good and someone naturally having really good health? Um, there's an expression that they have a clean conscience. Well, you know what? That's one of those old expressions that I think has a lot of truth to it. 
because I found a guilty mind, a guilty heart, a guilty conscience is one of the biggest factors in sleep. Okay? And, and, but, but, very often it's needless guilt. It's false guilt, which is the case with my beautiful, wonderful wife, Hope. Okay? We went on a vacation to Mexico one time, and we did, um, we took each other through a process that I call reverse hypnosis, and it's uh, free to our all-access subscribers, and I think it's fabulous, way better than normal hypnosis, and I've seen miracle after miracle from it. Well, part of that was sharing with each other the worst things that we had ever done in our life. Now, it's amazing to me we'd never talked about that before we got married because we talked about almost everything else, but for whatever reason, we hadn't. But that, that time in Mexico, we did, okay? And when Hope told me the worst thing that she had ever done in her life, and before she could even say it, her body language and all was like she was absolutely terrified to tell me this and, and, and told me later, I wasn't even sure if you would love me anymore. I wasn't even sure if you'd want to be married to me anymore if I told you this, okay? And, and I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> what have I gotten myself into with this woman? Is she a closet serial killer or something, you know? Well, then she told me what it was, and my jaw just dropped, and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. That's the worst thing you have ever done? I mean, I've got 500 things worse than that. But that one thing to her gave her a feeling of guilt and shame and low self-worth and rejection her entire life from the time she did it, which was about 10 years old. And, and what she did was she took a little bitty um, brown uh, paper bag from a hardware store. And by the time she got out of the store, she was racked with guilt, goes back in, confesses it, gives the bag back. The guy says, honey, these are free. You can have as many as you want, okay? That was the worst thing she ever did in her life, okay? So how come she felt guilt over that? I wouldn't have given that a second thought if I had done it, I don't think, because her benchmark was perfect, okay? Now, maybe there's real stuff that you should feel guilty about because you haven't made it right with God or you haven't uh, made it right with that person. There's no substitute to doing that. You need to do that, okay? But hopes, and many of my clients, it's false guilt based on a wrong understanding of, of having to be perfect or near perfect in order to be okay as a person, okay? So number one is guilt. And by the way, that is focused in the past, which is important because the only place you can be truly at peace and balance and equilibrium is in the present, in love and truth. Okay, so guilt is in the past. Number two is excitement. Now, 
excitement can be a wonderful thing. All right, I'm looking forward to going to Disney World when I was a little kid. I'm looking forward to marrying the love of my life tomorrow night in 1986 before I married Hope. Um, excitement can be a wonderful thing if we don't go too far with it. And how do we go too far with excitement? We go too far with excitement when it robs us of today. When all of our energy and all of our expectations, which Dr. Dan Gilbert at Harvard said are a happiness killer because they put us into immediate chronic stress, okay? So guilt stresses us because we believe this lie about ourselves or we believe the truth that we've not made something right that we need to make right, okay? But that's in the past and spikes our stress. Excitement is focused on the future and spikes our stress if we do it to the degree that it robs us of now. Now, if you can stay in the present and enjoy this time and this day, but still be excited about tomorrow or next month or next year, then I think you'll find it will not rob you of your sleep. It won't spike your stress, okay? The third one is the feeling that there is a missing piece to something in my life right now. Okay? And this could be anything. It could be that uh, I know I'm not doing something I need to be doing and should be doing based on my belief system. That would be a missing piece. It could be that I am doing something like a habit or an addiction that I believe is wrong that violates my belief system, but I can't stop doing it, whether it's eating, whether it's uh, internet porn, whether it's uh, not being kinder to my children or my spouse, uh, not being honest, uh, whatever, okay? Or it could be unknown, just a feeling that something's missing. And I don't know what it is, but something's missing. And I would posit to you today that very often that something's missing thing is a wonderful thing if you act on it. Well, how do you act on it? You find out what's missing. Okay? You pray. You, you explore. You... Uh, take one of our uh, heart issues finder or the X-Factor test to see, okay, what area of my life is struggling the most? That's probably where that missing piece is, okay? You go uh, talk to a trusted friend who will listen to you and give you honest feedback, okay? You soul search, you whatever you need to do. I, I really believe for me this is seeking God, and saying, okay, I have committed my life to you. I've given my life to you. I feel like something's missing. Please help me find out what that is, and I'm not going to stop until I feel like I've found it. So in a week, if I haven't figured it out, I'm not just going to repress it and lock it in a closet in my heart because it's going to create even more stress that way. 
I'm going to keep searching, keep talking, keep... There's a wonderful... Um, there's a wonderful ancient manuscript, also written by Solomon, that, that talks about wise people are always open to new ideas. In fact, they search for them. Okay? Well, I'm not going to quit searching until I find that missing piece. I'm not just going to resign myself to a life where I know in my heart something's not completely right. I'm going to find it and as best I can live what I believe, okay? So guilt is in the past, excitement is in the future, the missing piece is typically both. It can be past and future. You may be, it, it may be a false missing piece. You may be comparing yourself to other people and saying, how come I don't have as much as they have? How come they seem happier than I do? How come... Well, that's a false missing piece, all right? You need to quit comparing yourself. It, it may be based on expectations, which are the happiness killer. I really want a new boat, and I'm not getting it, so I don't feel like I'll ever be at peace until I'm able to get that boat I want. Let me tell you, that boat is not going to make you happy. That's not going to fill that missing piece place. That is a false manifestation of that missing piece thing. But sometimes it's absolutely real and it's spiritual and it's something we need to keep seeking until we find it and then as best we can live it. Okay, now I would also recommend, you know, close the curtains, get the room cool, drink water, you know, uh, see if you can balance your hormones with therapy or, or vitamins and minerals and stuff like that. That's all great stuff. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm just saying that if you only do that, you're going to be doing it for the rest of your life probably, and it may get worse and worse and worse. If you find and fix the spiritual source, then you're probably going to sleep pretty good the rest of your life unless one of these comes up again. Okay. Probably the number one thing I would say as far as what to actually start doing tonight to make this better is to turn the negative thoughts and, and feelings into a prayer. I started uh, playing with this myself uh, at least two decades ago and started recommending it to my clients probably at least 10 or 12 years ago, and it has been one of the, the best things I've ever recommended to my clients based on their feedback, okay? Maybe what you're thinking and feeling is cursing because you're so unhappy. That's fine. Curse in a prayer to God, all right? It's not like He doesn't know what you're thinking anyway, all right? So, just whatever you're thinking, whatever you're feeling, say it in a prayer and then ask for help and ask for guidance, okay? So, never let those negative thoughts about sleep, about guilt, um, about uh, undue excitement that has turned into expectation, about... Um, uh, the missing piece, 
Don't ever let those negative thoughts just be negative thoughts. Grab hold of them and turn them into a prayer and ask for help and guidance, okay? I think you might be surprised what happens from that, okay? And if that takes 60 seconds, then it then it's a 60-second prayer. If it takes three hours, then it's a three-hour prayer. And I'll tell you this, it'll be hard at first because you're probably having so many negative thoughts and feelings that you find yourself having to do this almost constantly. It will go way, way down if you are consistent with it. There'll come a point where it's almost like your heart says, okay, 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 we get it. Whatever negative we send you, you're going to turn into a prayer. So we're going to stop sending it. All right, we get it. You win. All right? Now, for some people, that's a day. For some, it's a week. For some, it's 40 days. It's usually not ever more than 40 days. Okay? But I would, I would highly recommend that. Okay? And then, of course, yes, of course, use Trilogy Memory Engineering to come at those underlying memories and programming from a very different angle, but both in harmony, both very powerful, to heal those source memories where those feelings of guilt and expectation and the missing piece come from in the first place. Those are the issues of the heart, I believe, that Solomon was talking about. Now, again, if you need to make something right with God or another person, there's no substitute for that. You've got to do that. But outside of that, I think what we've talked about today can help you a great deal. That's what I've witnessed over a number of years. So um, if you're one of the one in three that have chronic sleep problems, if you're one of the 68% that have it regularly but not every night, try this. What have you got to lose? And, and start cleaning up that junk and getting to a place where your hormones are balanced, your brain chemistry and body chemistry is at peace, you no longer have the guilt. You no, you no longer feel like something's missing in your life. You're no longer living by expectations, but in the present, in love, joy, and peace as best you can. And I think when you get there, especially if you need to clean up some stuff in your heart and do that, there's a really good chance you're going to start sleeping like a baby. So try it. Have a wonderful, blessed day.